You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. Many uh, said that uh, when Russia invaded Ukraine that it would be over uh, by the end of the week. And, of course, we are where we are. Uh, now to the point where uh, Russia, I guess it, it's, it's sort of just uh, bogged down. And now Russia buying weapons from North Korea. While Putin is attending the uh, joint military drill uh, drills head with, uh, held with uh, China and other nations. Let's bring in Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University. He's with us now. Elliot, thank you for the time. I hope you're well. Oh, thank you. Same to you, Scott. First day back to class. How does it make you feel on a day like today, <laughs> even though you're retired? Oh, uh, it's there's an excitement about September. No question about it. Very much so. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about this latest. Anything new here? Why would Russia be using North Korea? Uh, and does North Korea have that much to sell? Yes, the press is putting this out in, in more than one way. Interestingly, they're saying it's there because the U.S. is declassifying intelligence to make it known. So that's how we know about it uh, and some of the detail about it. The fact that Russia is going to North Korea for purchasing weapons is being expressed primarily as, look, the sanctions are really hurting Russia. Their war plans, their original plans, as you pointed out, is going to be over in a week. That didn't happen. So they are simply being depleted of what they had, and they can't replace it because of Western sanctions on key components. So they are now going to, of all places, North Korea, which uh, has a, a great deal of uh, ammunition on hand and a lot of expertise in rockets and that's been the kind of uh, general position in the media of course there's another way to look at it and we will be coming i think to uh, to these military exercises which are well worth commenting as well uh, also is that russia is finding a way to keep its armaments going despite the sanctions so they are not isolated they are not prevented from carrying on their war they are finding a way out. North Korea is one avenue. There's other dimensions to this North Korea story. The North Koreans apparently are saying, once again, uh, contrary to UN resolutions in the Security Council against sanctioning North Korea, remember they are heavily sanctioned, that you cannot be using your personnel. You can't send laborers abroad in mm -hmm. order to gain currency or to gain supplies. That's a violation of Security Council sanctions. Now, apparently, North Korea is saying, how would you like us to send our laborers to those two mm. independent, you know, little republic statelets that only North Korea and a few others have recognized in the Donbass? So there's a lot of wheels uh, inside wheels here. Uh, again, does, does North Korea have that much extra to be sparing? And is that initially from China? Huh. Wheels within wheels again, uh, I would mm. raise it. The answer is we don't know how much they have. They have focused their economy entirely in terms of security and defense, as you and I have talked about. Uh, they're a, a backward little state, but they are genuinely a nuclear power because they see that as required, a requirement for their continued existence of the regime. And the regime uh, continuation is the only real factor in their calculation. But you have to ask what are... What don't we know in terms of the Russian-North Korean relationship, and for that matter, the Chinese, which is always the big question. North Korea has acquired nuclear capability and rocket capability. Are they really doing that entirely on their own? So you get into that kind of security question when we talk about these states.
what about these drills? Uh, we were talking about this uh, earlier on uh, last week and, and such. How significant uh, is this that these parties are are organizing this way? Well, a little background on this. Uh, this is a continuation every four years. Uh, this kind of exercise, military exercise, is carried on. Uh, the purpose this year in particular is that uh, Mr. Putin personally going there. And as you know, Scott, he doesn't go anywhere much. He yeah. doesn't leave the confines of the Kremlin. And he keeps everybody far away from him inside the Kremlin. So the fact that he's gone there is to really put an exclamation point on Russia can carry on a war of aggression in Ukraine and still carry on normal operations and that these are very important operations because uh, in addition to the purpose, the scale is just so big. Uh, if you take a look at what they've said, it's 50,000 troops and it's going to be multiple uh, over seven different parts of the terrain. And it's these are very major uh, troop operation, military exercises. But what's interesting, Scott, a couple of things about it is that people who have been watching this are pointing out in the press now, if you dig down, yes, they're very large scale, but they're way, way back from what they used to be. Uh, just four years ago, uh, they were... Uh, significantly bigger by by several factors of scale, hmm. and the uh, British military uh, Department of Defense, our equivalent of Department of Defense, has said even the figures we're seeing, which are a fraction of the announced figures of the previous exercises, it may be as low as only oh, I don't know something like eighteen thousand troops taking part. So I think the scale is uh, interesting, but Scott, look at the composition. And there's some intriguing things inside that. The, uh, it's not only uh, China taking part with Russia. And we need to talk about that some more. But in addition to that, there's Belarus and Laos. And wait, Venezuela is not there, but others are. So very interesting composition. To me, Scott, I one of the fascinating aspects of this is China and India are both taking part. And they have military personnel personnel inside Russia on Russian territory. This is, uh, it, it's, it sounds like a solidifying of a different world or order. How does the U.S. and the West view this? Uh, I suspect with caution, uh, going back to India, for example, yes, they play the non-alignment card well. They are doing something extraordinary here, shoulder to shoulder with Chinese troops. China, keeping in mind, humiliated India in 1962 militarily and uh, recently killed a number of Indian troops in a place called Galwan. And there's, China has a, a claim on a swath of Indian territory, and yet they are there together. So I think, I think the West is looking at that and saying, where's India? But then India at the same time then deals with the West as well. Uh, so they're playing that well. Uh, India and China are both saving economically the Russian economy by purchasing at a discount, Scott, a lot of the oil and uh, yeah. gas supplies coming out. Uh, the, the West um, will keep an eye on this. And my guess is they're also going to actually evaluate the military and uh, strategic and tactical aspects of this military exercise. Uh, does Putin need, and we've only got about a minute left now, does Putin need a way out of Ukraine, or can he just uh, let this just go on, drag on, and, and burn itself out? Does he need an out here? I think he needs an out, but does he feel he needs an out? 
going to Iran to purchase drones, North Korea to purchase weapons, uh, and all the stories we're getting about emptying out prisons and the Wagner group of mercenaries being used. All of that suggests that he has no interest in getting out, that he has an interest in going around the world and gathering in any way he can the material necessary to continue his illegal aggression against Ukraine. Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor of Political Science, Carleton University, Russia, buying weapons from North Korea, uh, as well as joint military drills between China, India, and Russia. Elliot, as always, thank you for the time. Be well. Thank you. Same to you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.